0: Most people know that Law Matters was created to open the lines of communication with law enforcement, as well as create educational opportunities so we can be better, more informed citizens. For the last several months, all the news stations have been promoting a negative mindset towards the entire law enforcement community. I agree that some of the recent events are beyond egregious. However, those events do not represent the vast majority of the brave men and women who risk their lives daily to keep the rest of us safe. I'm asking you to please, next time you see a member of law enforcement, show some appreciation and thank them for their service. Now, let's start the show. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining Law Matters. I want to take a second and, and tell the Pima County deputy and the Pinnell County deputy, both who were injured on duty, that we have your thoughts and prayers with us, and we hope you have a speedy recovery. Okay, for weeks I've been telling everybody that we're doing this event at the Burger Theater. It's 1200 West Speedway. And if you want to come join us, our event is on the front lines of sex trafficking. And we will have a very distinguished Q&A panel afterwards. We've got Tracy Miller from the Pima County Attorney's Office. Jennifer Crawford from TPD and Saturn. And she represents a whole bunch of agencies. We have Polo. Ruiz, who is the ASAC from DEA, Lisa Hansen, who is the Executive Director of Power Over Predators, and we have Lucy, who is a student survivor, and we might have Eric Bauer on the phone if if we have a question for him. We can get him on the horn. Uh, He's in Tacoma, Washington. So I want to thank John for helping us with this. John's back in the studio. Uh, He helped us put the presentation together to make sure everything worked correctly, I wanna thank John Peters for your generous donation. Walgreens donated all the water that's here, so come and get free water. It's a free event, free water. We were unable to Zoom, so our guests who we thought we'd be able to Zoom are actually sent in a a video presentation, and you'll still be able to see them just not uh, Zooming. So, I was thinking about today's event, and, Went back to when I was in high school, which was decades ago. We communicated with drawings on the wall. We didn't have cell phones. And I was thinking about this date I had. My boyfriend's name was Bill. He had a GTO, navy blue GTO. He was hot, the car was hot, and I couldn't drive yet. (laughs) And he dropped me off from a date. About two or three hours later, middle of the night, the phone rings and it's Bill's parents telling my parents that they have to pay the medical bill. And my dad looked at me after listening to them explain what was going on and said, Sherry, did you break Bill's hand? And I said, well, I heard some crunching. Not sure I actually broke it. He said, why'd you do it? I said, he put it where it didn't belong. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of the liability conversation. (laughs) And the following week, I received an enormous bouquet of flowers. Looked like it belonged in a funeral home. With this letter of apology that you could hardly read because his writing hand was in a cast. But I thought about it. There's a common denominator here. Mm. I didn't tell my parents. Mm. And in the studio... We have Lisa Hansen, and she's the founder of Power Over Predators. And we have Lucy, who... When did you graduate?
1: Um, Well, I'm actually technically still a senior in high school, so this May I will graduate. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And who wants to start? I I would like to
0: start with Lisa, because I know what you do is so, so important. Mm. Tell us about what you do and what your motivation was.
2: Sure. So... um I have been doing prevention education for the last twenty years of my life uh, because I believe that prevention is well the definition is it stops something before it starts right and so if you are looking at the world today and wouldn't everybody, everybody always asks the question, "How did we get here?" <laughs> Right, and it's like, well, you got to look, so you got to look back and see, and and one of the things that has always been lacking in any of the conversations that we're having, whether it be um, child sex trafficking, child abuse, uh, the mental health crisis that we're in, the amount of bullying and suicide that is um, just kind of this overarching, looming issue that people are like, how did we get here? Well, prevention is always left out. Yeah. Uh, it's not a piece that's been implemented in the schools. Parents feel ill-equipped and educated, so do teachers, Um, and so I just feel like it's such an incredible opportunity to um, partner with communities with this important piece that's been missing the whole time so Mm -hmm. that people
0: are reactive instead of proactive
2: sure exactly none of us want to think that this is going to happen but we all buckle up our kids we put them in those big car seats so that they stay safe and when they get out of that they're in their booster seat they have a seatbelt on we put our seatbelts on prevention is the seatbelt it's not going to save everybody but it's just it's something that we do to protect each other and to protect our kids right and and so it's not this big thing that we have to take on that's overwhelming um and you know the motivation behind it was you know i was born and raised here in tucson um, sexual abuse entered my story when I was four years old, and I ran away and ended up a victim of trafficking. I was trafficked here for a few weeks. Um, police came to the house that I was at, and um, but my case was a runaway returned home. To parents, I was just dubbed a a runaway. So misidentification has a big issue with people understanding. You know, and 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 trafficking at that that time wasn't even a conversation. You know that that anybody was having, and I would have not have considered myself a victim of trafficking at that time. But then that led to running away again and being on the streets for a very long time. My parents you know, were not reunited with me until um, I was, I had two little babies. And so it was just a 10 year journey for my folks to um, just kind of go, okay, where's our girl? And how is she? And, and what's going on? Because I, I ended up leaving um, Arizona for a while. And when I got back on my feet and um, just decided to look at, you know, looking at my boys, I'm like, okay, they're going to have a different life. I'm not going to bring them up in a world where, you know, they have to go through what I went through. And I just thought, what if somebody would have come in and said something to me, you know, at different stages in my life and talked to me about abuse and exploitation and how to get out of those that I don't have to stay stuck in those situations, that I don't deserve that. Um, And that's what set me on the path of talking to as many kids as I possibly could with truth of... Definitions, And we're going to let Lucy talk to that a little bit. But that's that's the long version of the answer. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, that's that's perfect. You're, you're right. And people think of sex trafficking and abuse. They think Epstein, Maxwell, Prince Andrews, mm-hmm. Clinton, Trump, Bill right. Cosby, mm-hmm. Thomas, Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. They don't think Lucy. Right. They don't think Lisa. Right. And, you know. I think a Bill, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lucy, you're very brave to be here. And I, I really appreciate your educating people because without education,
1: nobody knows what's going on. Exactly.
0: So tell us what's going on with you and what your motivation was.
1: So I originally uh, found out about Power Over Predators because, um, you know, with the 2020 pandemic, it had been a while since I had, like, been to any in-person events. And my mom was like, you want to get out of the house for a few hours? And I was like, oh, absolutely I do. (laughs) Um, So I joined her at a mixer for Power Over Predators, and Lisa gave a very similar story to the one she just gave now. And I was like, I have to get involved in this in any way that I can. Um, so my story in short, Lisa kind of touched on the definitions part is super important for me because I, for a really long time was just like, I thought that what happened to me was normal because the definition for it hadn't really been updated to be correct for my I guess time period is the right word um the education at my school for this is honestly a little embarrassing um they show us these videos you know at the beginning of the year but it has kids getting bullied via pager so not really relatable for my time Um, via pager yeah via pager (laughs) um and most of the kids in my class, we just spend the time laughing at it. Um, and it wasn't until I was uh, 16 um, and I met a man who was 23 um, over a social media app. And I convinced myself that it was normal. And when I tried to open up about it, I was actually told that I should be flattered that an older man was into me. And I was by an adult in my life. So I was like, oh, okay, I should be flattered that this older man is into me. It's pervert. Yeah. <laughs> And then I was um, 17 and he was 24 when I uh, eventually showed a close friend of mine the messages. And she was like, Lucy, that's creepy. She's like, you need to stop talking to him right now. You need to block him. It was somebody my age who told me that that, uh, what he was doing was grooming me. Um, And I had only really heard that word before in like the cases that you mentioned, like the big ones that you hear in the news with politicians and actors and comedians and that kind of thing. And I was like, no, we're just talking. We're just friends. And, you know, I had been friends with him for two plus years. So it felt normal. It felt like friendship and, you know, but he was telling me not to tell people that we were talking. Um, Clue number one. Clue number one. (laughs) And then when I finally steeled myself up to like show the messages to other people, I went on my phone and he had unsent all of them. Um, And it took me a really long time to realize that he used Snapchat as the platform, even though he had other social medias, because on Snapchat, if you send a message, you can still delete it. Whereas that's not possible over text or, you know, some other platform. So it took me a really long time to understand that that was the case. But I think one of the main points that I like to hit on is that, you know, generations are changing. Social media is a landscape that, you know, is unidentifiable to even myself and um, predators are getting smarter and we have to prevent them from outsmarting us before, before more people have to share my story.
0: Okay, you say that he deleted all the messages. Yes. When he deletes it off of his phone, is it deleted off your phone as well?
1: Yes, it is. So on Snapchat, um, like you can save messages, in the, but you have to save them individually. You have to click and save and click and save. And when you're talking to a friend, you don't really feel the need to, to click, click and, and save. save, to click and save. You're not
0: thinking this is evidence. I need to click. This and save is evidence. It,
1: right? Yeah, no, because we were talking. I was like, oh, he's just a friend of mine. You know, even the, the small nagging voice in the back of my head was like, you know, he's talking to me kind of weird for like, I don't have friends who talk to me like this. Um, but I was just like, oh, you're being a. I, I kind of, you know distance myself from it by telling myself that I was a prude or that I was, you know, being weird about it because all of the my friends princess. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> come on, Lucy, he's being friendly, like he's being nice to you and then having that person in my life who was like, Wow, an older guy's into you, like that's flattering. I was like, Oh, okay, like, no, this is flattering and I I had almost an air of superiority superiority because you know my friends were dating 18 year olds and I was talking to this 23 year old guy I was so cool you know he had a job and a house and had you ever met him no, no. But he was real. That I, I, do feel the need to clarify that it wasn't like I didn't get catfished. It wasn't uh, some, like some seventy-five-year-old pervert. No, no. Um. So the twenty-three-year-old pervert. Twenty-three-year-old pervert. At the uh, height of the pandemic, I joined a Discord group for a musician that I really like, um, and I became close friends with a group of girls in that. Um, discord and they invited me to basically a separate group chat with them that he was already in and it was like this collection of this one girl a bunch of her friends and he was one of them and so you know at the height of the pandemic I was looking for social interaction in any way and a lot of those people um are very genuine very kind people I don't want to get the wrong impression but you know they it's always the ones you least expect he mingles in with them perfectly so um yeah I did the rest of your friends understand what he was doing um, well, unfortunately, uh, I had a falling out with uh, the girl who owned the group chat uh, before this. I realized what was going on. Um, and it was actually very funny. The, the girl who owned the group chat, she was like, well, you're not 18. And, you know, I'm 19 and I feel comfortable being friends with a girl who's under 18. So I sent a message to her after I figured out what was happening. And I was like, just so you know, your close friend is a pedophile. Mm-hmm. And she blocked me on every social media platform. <laughs> so I don't think she was ready to have that conversation.
0: But... No, it doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. So take that. Yeah. So how do you think, um, I know parents and teachers don't seem to understand what's going on right under their nose. Mm-hmm. How do you educate them? How do you get the word out? I mean, I'm thinking about it. I didn't tell my parents what happened. Mm-hmm. You didn't tell your parents. Mm-mm.
1: I didn't. Sorry, dad. I know you're listening.
0: (laughs) So, you know, how do we get kids to open up? Talk about this.
1: I think uh, part of it definitely has to deal with the stigma behind it. Um, You know, there is a very there's an air about, you know, being calling yourself a survivor, even calling yourself a victim. And it actually took me, you know, like, a year of therapy to even be able to say that out loud, because I, you know, even I can admit even still to this day, I have issue not in taking blame on myself for part of the situation. And I think that that will always be part of it is, you know, as a survivor, you always feel that you had some role in it, even if you didn't.
0: See, I never thought of myself as a survivor. I thought of myself as a victor. Mm. So yeah, I broke his hand. Yeah, right. right.
1: I love that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think part of it is the stigma, but I think also the part of it is like you said, it's right under their noses. I think a lot of times parents just assume, you know, you uh, once again, you said at the beginning, we talk about these big cases and mm-hmm. you think, well, that's happening in Hollywood. That's happening in DC. That's happening overseas. overseas. You know, yeah. that's not anything that we can prevent and, or anything that is like touching our neighborhoods, you know, or affecting us personally. Um, and I think, I think parents need to hear it I think straight on, I think we sugarcoat things too often. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I know definitely it, it is the case. A lot of times people need to hear straight up. For me, the biggest thing is numbers. I love saying the numbers to people because, and I, uh, some numbers. So mm, let's see, what's a, what's a good one? Um, One in nine boys will be sexually abused before the time they're 18. And you think about a classroom of, you know, You think about a a grade of 90 kids, that's 10 guys in there. I mean, the number for girls are even higher, I believe it's one in four. four. Mm -hmm. And you look at a classroom, you look at any sort of setting like that, and the numbers on that are just unimaginable. And I go to a small school too. So when I was um, pitching a, a research project that I'm working on right now with my school, I calculated the numbers between my grades enrollment and these statistics, and I was like, this is how many kids you're missing each year. Mm -hmm. And it was that that I think really helped at least the administrators at my school see it. Um, And I think a lot of parents just need to hear those numbers Mm -hmm. because a lot of times parents are like, well, I'm not doing anything to my kid, so it's not an issue. But you don't know who's in your community. We didn't know this guy on Discord was a creep, but he was. Right. You know. Can you know? I and I'd like to say something to the parents because it's it's super it's we're not
2: shaming parents for this. Mm-hmm. Something that's important to understand and I hope people can hear this cuz it's going to make sense. Your brain is not able to believe that something is real unless you actually experience it. So, mm-hmm. like, I know that gravity is real, but I believe it when my butt hits the ground, right? <laughs> right. Because I fall. So so there's a difference there. And so it's kind of like we don't want to believe that we're going to be in a car accident, but we're going to put our seatbelt on to protect ourselves. Even if we have not experienced one, we still take those precautions, right? right. We still obey the law, right? We, we stop at the stoplight and the stop sign because we, we want to prevent an accident from happening so we have to get out of the mindset of parents that this is not going to happen to my child and the more parents i talk to they're like i did everything i've i've protected them i've i make sure that i know who they're playing with blah 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 blah." well my
0: kids live at home if my kids they live at can't they can't happen to them because they live at home
2: for sure and and you know and it's like the other thing too that's important to understand is what So the other thing that happens is if a child experiences any type of trauma and shame is the result, you know, and so that would be from abuse, bullying, all of these things that we're talking about, um, abuse, uh, completely makes the one who's been abused feel like they did something to deserve it so that Mm -hmm. they're bad, Mm -hmm. something's bad about them. And then when you go into that, I don't want anybody to know that I'm bad. You don't tell. Mm-hmm. and you also have no idea how parents are going to respond you don't know what the abuser the threat that the abuser if you tell you know the first time we did a presentation in a school gosh almost 10 years ago now um, we just gave definitions and a little girl 12 years old came forward and approached one of us after the presentation and said I think I'm a victim of sex trafficking and we said okay what's going on in your world that that you That you associated the definition to you. And she said, well, whenever my mom's not home, her boyfriend makes me have sex with him. And then he drops 20 bucks on the bed and says that I'm a whore. And if I tell, then nobody's going to believe me. So, and this is a 12-year-old girl who goes to school every day, right? She shows up every day. She's not displaying signs. And it
0: gets good grades.
2: And and the teacher was mortified because how did I miss this little girl? Well, the reason we're missing people is we're not talking about it. Yeah, We're not having this conversation. And so I'm passionate about parents being equipped with signs to be able to tell if your child it might be su- um, suffering from some type of traumatic event. My parents, I was the only overachiever. I mean, I'm a piano prodigy, I'm a straight A student, I'm student body president, I'm I'm athlete star, I'm all of these things but it was, it. W- and I, I was so well behaved. It was like, you told me what to do, I did it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so it was just like, I, I was not a discipline problem, but you cannot maintain that level of perfection for very long and I just flipped off the world and ran and just everybody's like, what the heck just happened to this girl, you know? And then I become a runaway behavioral problem. It's like, oh, teenager, you know, Mm -hmm. such a pain in the butt, you know, and it's just so, um, so then there's all these stigmas, which Lucy talked about where it's like, you have people in our society going, Oh my gosh, you should be flattered. That is called victim blaming. Mm -hmm. Like, let's think about that. And, you know, we had these recent cases here locally where girls go missing because they've been in this relationship with this older man. And all I'm hearing on the news and all I'm hearing from people in the situation is, well, they kind of asked for it because Mm -hmm. they're known to go out there and search for these. And I'm like, they're 14. He's 32, 33, however that dude... Yeah, how do you ask for it? How do you ask for it? Because he's looking. He's Mm -hmm. looking for them, and then all of a sudden, the blame goes to the girls, Mm -hmm. or the blame goes to the boys, whoever it is that's online looking for a relationship. Our kids are finding their identity in social media today. And nobody knows these girls' story. I know enough of their story where I'm not going to say anything to where it's like, you look and there's a lot of things that are leading up to why they're in these situations, but it's about the predator that we've got to really look at. So I don't teach signs of trafficking victims. I I teach signs of predators so that kids can say, oh, my gosh, that's happening to me. Or, oh, my gosh, that person's doing that to my sister. Or, oh, my best friend is in a, my best friend is in a relationship. She's 16 and he's 23. Yeah. Right? You know, where you're just going, wait. And I'm so thankful that you had a friend mm-hmm. that said, um, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, somebody who cares about me and telling so, me the truth. Yeah. Here, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I want to delve into more of this, but I think we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a few. All right. I figured out the lighting. Hi, this is Sherry. Every Saturday morning at 8, the Law Matters live show brings you law enforcement. And on our next show, we investigate unsolved murders with Tucson police. Maybe something you know, heard, or saw can help solve these mysteries. You never know. Join us and learn how you can get involved. We need your help. Law Matters podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and lawmatters1030.org. Saving lives means staying informed. Knowing
2: the dangers of using counterfeit prescription pills can help those you care about and keep our community safe. As a parent, educator, neighbor, or friend, we all play a role in building safe and healthy futures for ourselves and our loved ones. Do your part. Take the first step today. Visit GetSmartAboutDrugs.com to access education, prevention, and treatment resources. Counterfeit prescription pills laced with fentanyl are deadly. Be their protector. Be informed. Visit
0: GetSmartAboutDrugs.com. Hello, this is Sheriff Mark Daniels with Law Matters. I invite you to attend the front lines of sex trafficking on April 2nd at the Burger Performing Arts Center. Law Matters is hosting this free event because you don't know what you don't know until you attend. It's free, no excuse. Your free tickets and agenda can be found on lawmatters1030.org and as a 501c3, your tax deduction donation helps continue our educational mission. See you there.
2: To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to two three three seven three three. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations okay, and our efforts in to combat seconds. human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash bluecampaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. here ago.
0: Thanks for staying with us. We're at the Burger Theater, 1200 West Speedway, and the actual presentation that we're going to be showing in the theater here is going to start in about 45 minutes. So if you there's still time to get here, if you want to be a part of this, this is so 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 important that everybody understand what's happening with sex trafficking and sex abuse. And just this past week, I was reading headlines where Disney employees, that included a former judge, were all arrested for human trafficking down in Florida. Uh, An 18-year-old was kidnapped out of a Walmart Mm -hmm. in Nevada, and she was found dead because she probably didn't cooperate. Um, An Army leader was arrested for child porn, a child porn ring. It's just disgusting. And some of these cases actually are a lot closer to home And I'd like to, where are we going, you or Lucy? Oh, I would love to start with Lucy. Okay. Lucy, tell us, how can people get involved with this?
1: So I definitely think that I can speak to the student side of this. Um, For a a while, you know, I, I unfortunately am not the only person I know who went, who experienced something that no kid should have to experience. And for a really long time, we were just kind of like, well, you know, That sucks. Like, and we didn't know how we could get involved, how we could help others. Um, And I am very fortunate to have have always grown up with a very powerful voice. And I knew that I wanted to use that in any way that I can. Um, I would say I think I guess my first tip is I would like to give all the love in the world to all the friends that supported me while I, you know, cut this creepy man out of my life Um, and I would just say to students like watch out for your friends you know keep an eye out for them if that you know grade a student you know straight a student you know as I was as well suddenly you know starts showing up to school late or is not sleeping or is you know displaying just some kind of concerning signs definitely reach out to them and reach out to a trusted adult Um, if students want to get involved with power over predators I mean you know, I'm Lisa and Felicia are more than happy to have any student volunteers that we can. And um, I would say one of the biggest things is if you have the voice, if you feel like you can have the voice for yourself or for maybe people in your life who you know who aren't quite ready to share yet, speak with school administration, speak with people about educating about you know even have a sit down and have a conversation with your parents like look this is going on and you know or I know what this happened to a friend of mine or I'm experiencing this and if you can be a voice you know for somebody in your life who's going through something who's not quite ready to share I would say do that because it was so powerful to have friends who advocated with me with my school because sometimes even still talking about you know what happened to me it, it can be hard and so having just support systems like that are great. So if you, you know, want to support in any way that you can, that's the best way to do it. And I think in in your
0: case, you didn't realize you were being groomed.
1: No, I did not. Not until um, somebody actually said the word grooming to me. And I think I kind of laughed when somebody said the word grooming. I was like, no, that's like, that's something that happens with, you know, and I speaking kind of what I touched on earlier, I didn't, this shame part of it was huge because I was 16, 17. So I was like, I was old enough to know better is kind of what I told myself. And, you know, (laughs) but yeah. And I've always been told like, you have such a good head on your shoulders. Like you're so strong willed. You're so power. You're so smart. You know, you, you go to a great school, blah, blah, blah. So I was, you know, people were giving me compliments, but I was internalizing them and processing them in a different way. It was like, I told myself for so long that I was too smart to let this happen. And so I didn't, when somebody first said the word grooming, I was like, no, 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 That's not something that happens to me. Yeah. And I laughed and it was, you know, somebody had to be like, like, no, like this is, this
0: is actually what happened. So, you know, I was thinking about it with, with Bill's story. I didn't tell my parents and I think it was part of it was, I was so shocked that I was so disrespected mm. that, you know, I didn't want to verbalize it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure had he not sustained an injury I'm not sure I would have ever told them Mm. and I think that's probably part of the situation is you don't realize what just happened or you're in shock right so you don't
2: it was trauma Mm -hmm.
0: you don't say anything about it you just kind of internalize right and I just think you know kids need to and parents need to be more in tune to what's going on Mm -hmm. and get involved like you said Mm -hmm. yeah so how can parents get more involved
2: sure there's a couple of ways first as a parent I would just really encourage parents to understand what trauma looks like in in the behavior of a child and everybody processes trauma differently I like to describe it as there's some people that go on a roller coaster and they're having the time of their life and there's people that go on a roller coaster and they think they're going to die right. so we <laughs> right we, we process yeah. trauma differently right so um, so so does every person individually and there's 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 like like, like four main categories. It's called fight, flight, freeze, but I think the big one is submit. And a lot of kids who are raised to do what they're told, to respect the adults that are in their life, you know, and and so it's just like, it's this mindset of, for a child, I have to do what I'm told. And what I really don't like is that the word consent gets brought in because consent Mm -hmm. is, if it's not defined properly, then I consented to the abuse Mm -hmm. that happened to me. Just like that little girl Story that I told, she consented, right? No, she did not. She was submitting. It was a form of survival. She was doing what she was told, yeah. for fear of whatever. You guys make it up in your own head. Fallout, um, not being be believed. The uh, the stigma of already being quote unquote a whore, as the, as he called her. You know, and so. Parents need to understand the signs of trauma, and parents also need to be in touch with their own trauma because lots of parents realize they have their own stuff that they've never, you know, dealt with -hmm. with and got the healing from. I could not be doing what I'm doing today if I hadn't gone through a lot of trauma therapy and a lot of understanding, you know, so that I could begin to believe that the abuse wasn't my fault, that I didn't deserve it, and that I didn't cause it, and that it doesn't define me because that was the big one. I was like, I've just felt like used up goods starting at the age of four and that's what a tragic thing for any little one to be to be born and raised into. Um, and Were so, your
0: parents aware?
2: They were not aware and um, because like I said I was that perfect little child and so it just hit everybody really hard when I because my again mine was do what you're told okay I'm going to do everything I'm told to do so that nobody knows mm-hmm. you know anything and um, so it's
0: it's so you really overcompensated. oh I
2: totally overcompensated <laughs> 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 You know what I think is is important too for parents to understand is, um, and and I am just let's just talk about it. How kids when they're on screens, there's a sense of anonymity and there's also a sense of protection because they aren't being touched like you were. Exactly. He put his hand where it didn't belong, is what you said, right? right? And you had the ability and you had the courage and the strength to break it. Well. How many hands are overreaching and touching kids where it doesn't belong on a screen? And yeah. it's very hard to differentiate that for a child. They don't—they know they've just been violated, but they don't understand how. Well, he mm-hmm. didn't touch me. And I have so many kids saying, well, you tell these terrible stories, and, and I was comparing mine, and I, I hadn't been raped, or I hadn't been, this hadn't happened to me, and it's just like, but tell me your story, because you know that you were violated in a way that, that they they put something where it didn't belong, right? Even exactly. if it was an a nude image. I mean, I don't think parents even understand that if you expose a child to a pornographic image, you, they have just committed a crime against mm-hmm. a child. And so it's just important, and, and it has caused trauma in that child. And images are very powerful. Oh yeah. And and so uh, and the fact that our children, you know, today the you know the average age where a child has access to a smart device is now six years old. And so if, if parents are not aware of the fact that 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 six-year-old is now being put out into that field, that target field for all those predators that are out there.
0: Internationally, worldwide. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I believe the number is we have over 760,000 uh, registered sex offenders in the United States alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one child up against... A sea of predators. You you don't drop your kid in a shark-infested water <laughs> and hope that they survive. But that's what we're doing every time we give kids access to the internet without talking them through things, showing them signs of a predator, setting clear boundaries as a parent. So,
0: in um, parent controls. Yes, um, parent um, controls.
2: But you know what, parents, I got to tell you, you can do everything you possibly can do. Mm -hmm. And there are YouTube videos that your kids will go select to figure out how to undo and go undetected that you're undoing what your parents just did at home. And you know what, our kids go to school. And so they can be exposed. A lot of parents don't realize that school websites or school email addresses that kids are assigned is where a lot of the abuse is going on. And parents never know because they're not getting notified because they're using a completely different account. And so schools have have a due diligence that they need to, to do whatever that they can do to protect their kids at home. And on our website, we have lots of resources that we encourage parents and schools to use so that they can protect students in school and at home. But again, it's just like we've got to start talking to our kids. We've got to have these conversations so that it doesn't become the normal um, to where...
0: One of, one of the norms seems to be taking naked pictures of yourself and sending them out to you know the world mm-hmm. what's up with that why do they do that well i'm 50
2: <laughs> and um and so i it, don't know you know it, i have i have uh, <laughs> i mean okay, Lucy, I can,
1: why do they do that <laughs> so i am uh very lucky that that you know i have uh parents who who you know, in all their well-meaningness, I am lucky to say that I never sent any naked imagery to this man that I was talking to because, you know, he tried. I mean, trust me, he tried. And I was like, no, like, I'm very glad looking back that I was able to have that kind of hindsight. But I think a lot of times in, in speaking to actually a, a friend of mine who, um, uh, was a victim of revenge porn, which is now a thing because, of course, it is. Okay, tell um, explain. So that's basically she sent a, like a, you know, a, a lewd photo to a guy, and then he put it online and was like, look at this whore. Like that was kind of like posted it, you know, wherever he could. And she lost friends and she was worried about college. She was worried what the fallout from this was going to be. And I think that, you know, in the, a huge part of it is validation. A huge part of it, especially I know just as a young woman myself, it can be so nice to hear somebody call you pretty or somebody call you beautiful or say, you know, wow, like you're so attractive. Like hearing that is sometimes really validating. And especially for, you know, children who are going through struggles at home, they are in a vulnerable population to that specific type of validation. And a guy, you know, or, or they'll threaten, like like Lisa kind of talked about, they'll threaten, you know, or we'll make up a threat in our mind of like, oh, if if I don't do this, he'll stop talking to me. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, and so for some people they get so clouded by like, I'm in love, I'm, you know, or I really like him or he's so hot. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, this, he treats me right, you know, or I don't, he reminds me of something that I don't have. And they get so caught up in that, that they're so afraid to lose it. They're so afraid to lose this relationship or hope of a relationship that they'll do anything that they can, you know, or, of course, they'll open up to to somebody online about something and they'll use it for blackmail. Mm-hmm. Like I know very recently there was a case in the news of, I believe, a 17-year-old boy who committed suicide because he was catfished online. Um, what, okay, explain what catfished means to the so, listeners. So catfishing was, <laughs> is basically where somebody, like essentially poses to be somebody else online so predator will use imagery video i mean they're getting smarter by the day you can do just about anything pretend to be just about anyone online Um, and like created an entire account an entire life that was fake and it was they catfished as a girl so they pretended to be this really pretty girl who was messaging this guy and they got this kid to to open up about stuff in his personal life and then send a a nude photo. And then they were like, if you don't pay us $500, then we'll leak this everywhere. And so he paid him $500 and they were like, no, just kidding. We want a thousand. And he, he committed suicide because he, the burden of that was too much to bear, you know, and he, it was, it was used as blackmail against him. And, and very likely these, these catfishers, these blackmailers would have leaked that photo had he not paid them the thousand dollars. So. And it's That's.
2: important to note though too, so let me tell parents, the statistics are showing by the age of 14, 1 in 4 of our kids by the age of 14 have sent or received a nude photo. And it doesn't have to be as extreme. But Mm -hmm. so revenge porn, like when we talk about the legal definition, it's called sextortion and it is the gateway into sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And by the time we have one in four 14 year olds already involved in this, they are five times more likely to attempt suicide so let's connect the dots here yeah just like what you were saying we've got to we've got to unpack all of this so that we can understand it's about talking to our kids first and it's about helping them with their identity and getting them secure in who they are as an individual so that I love I love to kind of remind parents if you'd show a child what is real and if you behave in a way of I love you no matter what you your identity doesn't come from what others say about you then kids can determine a fake Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that story about the counterfeit guy that the FBI caught years ago, who was the best counterfeiter in the world that and, and, and they, the FBI ended up hiring him to train uh, agents he to, was
0: really good at it. <laughs> to
2: how to determine a counterfeit bill. And guess how he trained them by holding real money the real stuff because when you when you touch something fake you're like oh that doesn't mm-hmm. feel like the real thing. And so if we're if we're being real with our kids and if we're 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 really loving them and we're really caring about them enough to educate them, then they will be able to pick up a fake. They'll be able to determine it and that's and as we are presenting to kids in the classroom cuz our program any parent can use it, any teacher can use it. We don't have to go in and present it. It's it's done in a way we can talk about that stuff later but it's done in a way where if you strike up this conversation and and you just you know you can just stop and say hey is it? Do you think it's true that a lot of kids are, are involved in like sending nudes of, and and it it can't the parents cannot be overreactive. Yeah, this is a normal thing yeah. that our kids are doing, and in our adult brains Everybody's we're going not normal, it. not normal, and you know, and the kids are like normal, so <laughs> yeah. dis- there's automatically you're a disconnect. so old, you're, yeah, <laughs> you're, yeah,
1: you're, you're out of touch. You're and if parents touch. overreact, then kids don't want to come to them with anything else. Right, it's right. terrifying. It's scary. Yeah. yeah,
2: and then it's like again, I just as a parent if you're going to give that child a phone and then you're going to say don't mess up yeah, wow you have just completely put a huge gap in your relationship with your child and now you're using phone as the collateral right it's like Man, you give it's kind of like to me, and this is this might sound dramatic to people, but if you're going to give a kid a phone, you better know what the implications of are. How is it going to impact their sleep? How is it going to impact their ability to focus? What is it doing to their brain construction? Just do a little research because if you don't know how your child's brain changes in development to at the age of how much screen time that they have, then you are literally setting them up to fail. I equate it to you say, well, this is a crack pipe and this is crack. And I'm going to put this in your room, and I'm going to teach you how to use it, but I don't want you to smoke it, and I don't want you to get addicted to it. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. you got to set... I mean. Don't obviously nobody's going to do that, but what I'm saying is the implications and the research is showing that um, phones were designed to be highly addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, they literally know the neuroscience of a child's brain and development, and the dopamine that's released because we're visual and we're visual human beings, and how this is impacting. I'm sure people are like this lady's nuts, but just go do <laughs> your own research. Just seriously, go go check it out and go look at why and how they develop social media to literally be able to determine how you're gonna think and feel when you wake up in the morning yeah so and I think how, how do you
0: recognize a, a child that's been abused at home
1: mm. like are you talking about by the parents yeah or yeah
0: um, one of our, our um, videos today will be Andy Berger who was abused in her home Mm-hmm. And how do you recognize that when they're out in the social world? Is there a way of saying, hey, you know, I I see that you're doing this. Do you need help?
2: There are some signs. There Mm -hmm. are some signs. But again, um, if you're not opening it up for the conversation to give a child the opportunity to tell their story, you feel alone and you are in hiding. Um, We have... um, Individuals that were being abused in the home and um, their grades start to slide because it does have a lot to do with. They show up late, or they're isolating, or or they could be like me where they're overachieving. Mm-hmm. Um, the abuse was not with my parents, but it was with family members, and so um, you know, and those family members we had Sunday dinners together with, and those family members wow. we had holidays with, and those. So it's just like. And these are the people that are the authority in my life, you know.
0: I grew up in in the era where children are to be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Right. So whatever happened, shut your mouth.
2: Right. And and the other thing that's key is predators normalize the abuse. I I ran into I. I a little girl introduced herself to me at um, a high school one time and said, you know, um, I was homeschooled and I haven't, I, you know, my, my mom is amazing. She said, but my dad started grooming me when I was two. And then by about the age of four, you know, and she just kept going. And then she said, you know, and my dad just told me that this is how daddies and daughters show love to each other. And we love each other so very much. Mm -hmm. And she said, so it was very normal to me. And she said the only reason that, um, that the abuse was exposed was because my brother walked into the bathroom while we were in the shower. And he told me that what dad was doing was wrong. And I just didn't believe him because dad told me that this was how we showed love to each other and you know mom was a rock star because when mom found out that dude and he was a high ranking military official and um but i tell you what her military family came to her aid they threw that guy in jail and um he she believed her daughter and that's the other thing the the, the majority of the reasons kids don't tell is for one fear of not being believed yeah. two Fear of fallout. What's going to happen to my family? Am I going to be removed from my home? Mm. Am I going to be placed in foster care? All of I'm these. I'm causing all this trouble. And I am the problem. Again, yeah. I remember I said exactly. abuse leads you to believe that you yeah. did something wrong. Exactly. So it's hard to determine, but, but there are definitely. And it is. So how do you determine something? You have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You teach children that this is not appropriate, this is not how you show love. This is, you know, you teach kids, you know, the parts of your body where, you know, nobody should touch. I mean, I've had to call out doctors who would just not prepare my kids in a physical and they would just reach in and grab and my boys would look at me and I'm like, Hey doctor, let's go out in the hallway. You don't do that to my child.
0: You, I don't <laughs> care if you're a doctor. Explain what you're going to do yes, explain. You, and why you're doing it. And then
2: it. you can even, I believe that you need to give that child permission to say, I don't want you to touch me there. Yeah, Because I told my boys, you do, nev- you do not ever have to let a doctor tell you that because I'm a doctor, I'm going to touch you here. No. If you're not prepared for that, if you mm-hmm. don't want that, you have a voice and you say no.
0: Look what happened with the Olympics. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Can Maybe, you believe that? Mm-hmm. There's
2: just, yeah, it, there's just too many stories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. So... I told people that you don't know what you don't know until you've listened to this show, until you've come to this presentation that starts in about 30 minutes or so. Lucy, what do you have to say to people, to your peers mm-hmm. who, you know, who knows what's going on with them? What do you have to say to them and how can they help and help themselves?
1: Um, Well, I think I will bite a quote once again from my father who's listening. um, Hi, Dad. (laughs) Hi, Dad, who told me once, um, and this has stuck with me for forever. I actually wrote it out, and I uh, taped it above my bed. But he told me once, he said, Lucy, I love you because of everything you are and not in spite of everything you are. And that has stuck with me from the day that he said that to me. And my father is a very poetic man. Um, <laughs> so, He's, of course, he had to say it in that, in that very eloquent way. Um, but I would say that to my peers, that there is always someone out there, something out or you know, there. People, I will love you because of everything you are and not in spite of everything you are. When you are a survivor, you feel like you wear a big sticker, like across your chest or across your forehead that's like survivor. You feel like you walk into a room and people know, like you can can be full in in an auditorium of a hundred people. Now it's a little different because I have, I am kind of wearing the name tag of that (laughs) today, (laughs) but you know, walking into school, I thought everybody was going to, I was going to have like something on me that just showed that I was, you know, I was going through something and you know, that wasn't the case. might've been helpful when I was going through it, but (laughs) that was, so I would say to, to kids that it is not as, you can be as open about it as you need to be or as you don't want to be. You can open up to somebody in your life and you do not have to give details. Right. Let me put that out there. When yes. I first started telling people about my story, I had no details. I was like, it was an older man that I was talking to online. And slowly, because that's all I was comfortable with. Right. And as you get more comfortable with your own trauma, do not let anybody force you into telling your story before you're ready. Right. I would say that to my peers. It can take years of therapy. I mean, the science behind repressed memories gets stronger every day. You don't know what you've been through and you do not owe anyone that story before you are ready. Yeah. So I would say that to my peers.
0: You know, that's so true because I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago by a different radio station and he just kept focusing on the fact that my my husband was killed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to talk about that. That yeah. was a bullet point in my life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this radio station, mm-hmm. but he kept grilling me. I felt like I'd been interrogated by the yeah. time we got off mm-hmm. and I was physically upset mm-hmm. by the time we hung up and it took me a long time to calm down after that. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely get what you're saying. Yeah. You don't need to know the details.
1: You just need to know that something's wrong. And I would say to parents, educators, if you hear a kid voice that, believe them, believe them a hundred percent of the time, because the statistics on it are so skewed one way you can say all you want. Well, what if they're making it up? What if they're making it up? I mean, you're talking about such a small percentage, it's almost negligible. So if you hear a kid, you know, if you hear something in the background, even if you hear, you know, your daughter or your son say something like that kind of irks you about a friend of theirs, have that conversation Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. But when you do, Be be willing to react in like the least way possible and be willing to, again, reiterate that that you are there and you love that child no matter what. I unfortunately, you know, a teacher overheard me have a conversation about what happened and he, I had actually just failed a test in his class because I was a straight A student and I, you know, dropped a, you know, D on a test and he Kept me in the classroom before he shut the door and he goes, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And I burst <laughs> out into tears. The <laughs> yeah, I burst out into tears and I ran out of the classroom and it was so dramatic. And my friends were like, "Oh my God, what's wrong?" And I, you know, I was just so not ready to have that conversation and how confrontational it was. Yeah. you know. And eventually, he did. Ap- he did apologize to me and I'm on good terms with him now. But I would just say, if you overhear something, be willing to just op- be open, accept it, and Believe them and just love that kid because all the love and support in my life from friends, family, you know, Power Over Predators has gotten me to where I am today. I would be nowhere without any of that.
0: How can people get in touch with Power Over Predators? Because I think what you're doing is so amazing and it's so important.
2: Thank you. Um, Yeah, our website is... It's a wealth of information. Um, there's free accounts. There's free information. There's, um, you know, I don't want any parent to feel like they have to fork over any bucks to get the information that they need. And so it, access for parents, there's really great sites that are available for, you know, if your child is being sex we have contact information on there. If you want to learn the signs of trauma and how to respond to a child and connect with a child who's suffering from tra- intentional trauma, then we have that information there. For you. Um, I also would just love to see parents make a move. Legislatively, you know, nobody wants another mandate, but I tell you, we have been fighting for years to make prevention education something that schools provide, mm-hmm. because th- the reason that we have dropout rates and graduation rates declining is because of the very things that we're talking about. So I really feel like we could see a shift in the success in our students and our kids if we have this conversation. Um, and, and and it's, you know, so whether or not we move forward with the mandate, let's not worry about the law changing before we decide that we're going to protect kids Mm. and make sure that kids get this information in the school and so our programs are designed for to be just done so easily in the school setting or for a parent to sit in the privacy of your home and share this with your child if if you think that this is the role that you should take as a parent which i completely agree it is yes but you know you asked a question earlier about parents um I think we need to be aware that 93% of the time when somebody is being abused, they're being abused by somebody that they know. Mm -hmm. This is not the stranger danger thing. You know, the white van with the creeper person, right? It's like we're all... And the other thing too is like um, so many parents have challenged, hey, my kid only goes on kid apps and you're, t- you're how could and I'm like okay remember when you used to say at the mall watch out for predators predators choose the kid apps because that's where the kids, that's are. Where the kids are right and so it's like I'm sorry it's just the perspective is wrong yes it's designed for children but the
0: predators
1: that is are the intentional. Downfall. yeah predators
2: yeah. are intentional about going to where their victims are and so exactly. that's where they find them. hang out so. at a
0: playground
2: right but yeah. now it's online so um parents just need to be aware that the that, that predators are out there hunting that's that's just their what forte. they do that's what they do That's what they do
0: yeah and we do need to have state laws mirror oh, federal that. law
2: i would love it mm-hmm. and
0: that would help law enforcement Absolutely. local law enforcement you know you you don't you would have the Ted Cruz and the Lindsey Graham and uh, Senator Kennedy. They wouldn't have to worry about the way they grilled that uh, yes. justice. Yes. <laughs> they they would be able to say, okay, here are the sentences. You're going away for 15 years for right. each account. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a life sentence for you. Right. Maybe two, three life sentences in some cases. Right and we need that to happen yeah and we're going to at the presentation if you're not here you really should be here at the presentation we're going to be explaining how to make that happen mm-hmm. and that's the whole reason for this we're going to help you help others right so i want to thank both of you we've only got a few minutes left what's your parting comment lucy
1: um my parting comment would be I three guess, minutes one- once again, I'll reiterate um, that, that there is somebody who will love you because of everything you are and not in spite of everything you are. And I hope that people, whether they find their voice vocally or, you know, internally, because you can come to terms with your trauma without having to speak about it like I do. I hope that everybody gets that closure because that is truly a thousand percent what every survivor deserves.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely and what would your parting comment be? We've got like two minutes.
2: Well, my parting comment goes right along with what Lucy said, and I just say it a little differently when I have the opportunity to talk to parents or to kids. You, you can't put a price tag on a person, mm-hmm. and everybody deserves to be free from the lies of abuse that lead to staying stuck in the shame cycle every child deserves to be protected actually
0: we need to wrap it up i made a mistake (laughs) every
2: child deserves to be protected and every person deserves to be loved without conditions so unconditional love is i love you period
0: okay i I feel the love in the room (laughs) okay i want to thank everybody for being here Lucy, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And until next week, I want everybody to shop local, stay safe, go to the Power Over Predator. And if you can make it here to the Burger Theater, please do. It's going to be a fabulous presentation.
2: Thanks so much, Sherry, for having us. Thank you. Thank you you again.
0: All right. Bye-bye.